Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son, on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Booking the Territories Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast, where today it's our Smoky Mountain Wrestling Recap, episode 179 from July 1st, 1995. We have made it into the summer, Doc, of um, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And I want to say something as I welcome you in. First, how are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's super early, and uh, I just got to ask a quick question. So I'm, am I to assume that Harper's never going to do these again, and it's just me and you finishing this out the way we started? Well, you're hitting on something I was going to talk about. So uh, I don't want to – you never say never, right? Because he was salty on the J September 17th, 1988 NWA show we did. But for anyone who – if for some unknown reason you don't listen to the NWA show, uh, Harper, Harper's got a new shoot job, and his new shoot job, his hours are are drastically different in a good way for him than they were with his old shoot job. So the day we normally record this, unfortunately, Hopper is working. So he, uh, for us to shift it around, it's just pretty much impossible for Doc and I. We're, so, we're, we're too close to the end. Yeah, we're too close to the end. That's another part of it. Anyway, but what I find ironic, what I found most ironic was, I think, without doing research, Hopper joined us on like episode 20 or 21, and here is episode 179, and Harper, at least for the foreseeable future, unless something changes, is not here. So we're going to finish. We did the first 20 to 21, just you and I, of Smoky Mountain. And now we're going to do probably the last 20 to 21 of Smoky Mountain, just you and I. But Let's no do it, man. Well, I got, I got the weirdest it. Hey, thing. Hey, man, when you're dealing with a combustible personality such as the hard body... I show up prepared to do the show without him at a moment's notice, and I show up prepared to welcome him in and enjoy the hijinks. So I'm good either way. I know the people love Harper. We all love Harper, but you know, you and I are professionals. We're in year calendar year five of doing this nonsense. We're going to be just fine. We're going to bring this thing home in the Smoky Mountains now. I got to tell you, we're in the summer in the Smoky Mountains. So can you imagine the nasty onion crotch of these fat broads with no teeth in this region of the world? So for recap, we are in Sevierville, Tennessee at Caton's Chapel Elementary School. And if it's July 1st, I doubt seriously that this elementary school had AC in that gymnasium they're in. And I bet the onion stench from the crotch was was pretty potent yeah this is the town that got you called an inn isn't it yeah yeah they got mad because i said the first time we were here i said severeville wrong oh like oh wow but like, oh my. That's, a, that's a crime against humanity right there right oh jeez you'll that'll learn this in Jesus, people people need to grow up man he got th th that guy that and i don't want to say who it was he got worked up, too, because you were giving out the demographics the first time we were in Sevierville. And you uh -huh. weren't slandering it. 
You just were spouting facts. And for some reason, that worked his little his little snatch into a shoot. Like, he couldn't take the fact that you said there were X amount of white people there and this amount of black people there and, and this amount of people were on food stamps and government assistance. For some reason, that worked this little pink neck white guy into a tizzy. Well, let's don't call all white people that way because we got a lot of fine white listeners. We got a I lot said of fine that little pink neck white guy. I didn't say all. I said okay. that particular okay. one. Nobody's we're here to judging bring, anyone. We're here to unite the races. And <laughs> we don't care if you're black, white, brown, any other colors. We just care that you like filthy humor and classic wrestling because that's really all you need to be accepted in this group of heathens and scumbags anyway before we get into it disrespectfully classy marky blassy kyle riley mike childress thank you for your patronage each and every month your generous patronage and with that said doc how about we jump into july 1st 1995 i say we do it pal all right so we jump into smoky mountain wrestling from july 1st 1995 again we're taping number three severeville tennessee Caton's chapel elementary school uh, this is episode 179, so only 21 to go at this point. And you're right, Doc. They literally, there's no real opening. Um, it's it's like some clips from the previous weeks and week uh, that we saw. And then we head straight to the ring for the Wolfman and Mike Mason versus the Headbangers. So I guess Jimmy was like, eh, no need for, a, uh, no need for an opening. You had any thoughts? You were about to comment on the opening, but I figured I'd throw it to you before I keep going. I I had already said all I planned to say about it, so. Okay. Well, so we go to the first match. It is the Wolfman and Mike Mason versus the Headbangers. The Headbangers win rather easily, in my opinion. I don't have anything else from it. Doc, did you? Um, I have a couple questions for you. So, the, the yeah, you ought to be nervous. The Headbangers are out there in uh, Slayer. I'm assuming you may not have heard any Slayer, but that you've heard of Slayer. Would that be correct? A Slayer t-shirt. Is that right? Yes, with one clarification. I probably have heard them. I just didn't realize they were them. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And then the other one is wearing a Danzig shirt. You, you ever listen to any Danzig there, Mike? Same thing with Slayer. I've heard of them. I couldn't tell you if I've heard uh, if I've actually heard a song. Okay. Or songs. So Danzig was pretty ridiculous, but there's is one song that you may have uh, you probably have heard. So I'm gonna try to channel my inner Harper and 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 give you a little. <laughs> have you ever heard? <laughs> Mother, tell your children not to run my way. That song, um, Mother. Ah. Uh... Okay. Good luck with that one, pal. Okay, so the other, so let's keep this thread this thread going. Um, they do a little bit of uh, light slam dancing in the in this. Uh, you done ever done it? Ever been in a mosh pit, Mike? Negative. Okay, I would assume that some of our listeners out there have been in the circle pit, done some slam dancing, done some moshing. You know, I certainly have in my day. So uh, been out there in the middle of the pit picking up the change. Doing my dances. Sounds Sprinkler. riveting. Yeah, it is. Well, there's a certain population that will know what I'm talking about, and then everybody else will be like, man, these white boys are crazy. <laughs> so, so, and that's, you know, there you go. Well, um, so let me ask you one more question here. And this is, I, I'm being serious on this one, and I'm not trying to start any bullshit or, 
or get angst. I, I legitimately, we call this shit down the middle as to the degree that we can. We try to objectively look at some of this stuff, and then we do some spot monkey dark humor because we're spot monkeys and we like dark humor. But let me hit you with this. How come it's okay for Ma, Mosh and Thrasher to wear t-shirts to the ring and look like they just woke up, but we get mad at Kevin Owens for doing the same thing? Bruh, it goes back to that thing I always tell you. You can like people and disagree with some of their takes. I know. And so I just want to point out, I was sitting there thinking, they just look like young Kevin Owens is, is, is running around. And I don't have a problem with it because Kevin Owens is one of my favorite current superstars. So I'm just saying that sometimes when you point a finger, there's three pointing back at you. You know what I'm screaming about? Yeah, we've had this discussion. We like Corny. We've had him on the show twice. Um, he's corny as well. Corny, uh, hey, Corny has been uh, uh, an amazing figure in our wrestling lives, in this podcast life, more than we ever imagined. And if we, if I was... If we were going to go start a fed, he'd be on the super I, short list yeah. of people that... He's the first person I call. He's the first the pro- person. Yeah, I would agree. Him and Kevin Sullivan together. Yeah, I'm calling him, bottom line. But no, you. this is this is what we get into in today's world. This is why I'm like, I don't I don't understand today's logic. It's, it's the whole Twitter social media thing. All of a sudden, you disagree with someone and, and you want to shoot them into the sun. Look, I can disagree with someone on certain things. You Certain and I disagree. Things. You and I disagree all the time, but we've talked on a daily basis for probably the last what five, six years. Easily, we disagree on lots of things, and it's never. We're still, we're still every day texting, joking, laughing, living, laughing, and loving, pal. Well, maybe not. There loving. you go. I don't. Uh, wanna, yeah, I don't, don't, don't want to get. I don't want to give anybody the idea that you're giving me relief on the side of the road. <laughs> but. <laughs> Well, like Harper said, a mouth is a mouth, though, right, bro? No, no, I'm not going to go there with him or you on that. So. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So we, right. we went to the we went to the headbangers there. Um, I don't know if you were going to play it, but I had a I had a little interesting piece here because are, are you going to play these or are we just going to? I was I was going to play the rock and roll, which was next. I wasn't going to play the headbangers, but let me say what I'm going to say, and then I want to know what you think. The reason I wasn't going to play it is. I mean, they're just kind of goofing off, and we know they become a well-known tag team, but this promo is just weird. Okay, I mean, so they... it, was, it was weird, but as a kid in the 90s that was the white kid that liked the heavy music and all that, let me help you out here. There was one line that one of them said that said, we're your children. And I thought that was a really good line because here's the thing that it made me think. Those hillbillies like two years ago in the territory were super afraid of their kids seeing the gangsters. And being like the gangsters. But what they really ought to be afraid of is seeing the headbangers and being like them. Because that's a far more likely scenario than being like the gangsters. Right. Because the odds of them being in a gangster, being one of the gangsters in this territory is slim. Whereas being a, the odds being of them... a knucklehead that. Being a knucklehead that gets geeked up on crank and listens to Slayer and slam dances with his friends and then gets loaded and shoots one of his feet off with a shotgun <laughs> out behind the barn is probably a more likely scenario. So it just got me thinking. <laughs> nice summary there. Yeah, they were weird. They were kind of funny. They were playing with gla- uh, Les's glasses. They took them off. One of them put his finger on the floor and then licked it. Les actually at the end gets tired of it and says, we're done. He, mm-hmm. he, he, we're finished. So 
Do you have anything else from it, Doc? No. All right, so with that said, let's go to Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express are out there, and now they're with Les, and let's see what they have to say. Me, the Rock and Roll Express, and you've got another tape recorder. Now, this is not the same tape well, recorder that last, you know, last week, Al Snow presented Bob Armstrong with a quarter order if I had to return his tape player. <laughs> but you got to understand this right here. That's not the only one they make. I got one just like it. And besides that, nobody says I couldn't make a copy of that tape. You know, so I knew, got a copy. So I knew at that time, when I listen to this tape right here, that somebody, all the problems that we've been having with Al Snow, because two guys cannot just come into Smoky Mountain Wrestling and know the Rock and Roll Express like they did. Every movie we was going to make, they knew it. So we knew there was some kind of force standing behind them to end our career. Somebody was standing behind these guys, telling them everything to do. And right now, I want you to listen to this tape right here. Put it right here. All right. Put it close. Okay. Only a few more weeks and it won't matter whether they know about the plan. So meet me behind Freedom Hall in the parking lot about 9.30. Blink your lights twice and I'll know it's you. You know whose voice that is? I sure do. You too, but you go ahead. That's I, the I, voice of Jimmy Cornette, the guy that even came in our own dressing room and talked to us, a guy that even managed us, stood behind us with a knife in our back. Well, you see, Jimmy Cornette, we knew. We knew that force had to be you, Jimmy Cornette. I tried to figure it all along, but I says no. He didn't want nothing to do with us. He wanted... Boy, look on here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes, Cornette's going to the... By himself. Oh yeah, let's see what he's got to say right here. He's hey, yeah, sure you may have blown a whistle on me, but it's too late because July the fifteenth in Knoxville. If you lose that match, you're gonna leave Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and that's exactly what we wanted all along. So you blown the whistle on me. Snow and Unibomb are in the militia now, but it's too late because we already got what we wanted. Okay, you know, I told you a little bird left this on my front door step. Right. Well, I see a pigeon right there. needs to be plucked. Uh-oh. Well, Ricky and Robert are going to the ring. Cornette's there by himself. I don't want to miss this, so let's go up and see what's about to take place. All right, Doc, you got any thoughts on Ricky and Robert right there? It's hard to because I know what else is coming, but if I'm going to suspend what I know to be happening in the future, then this is fine. I don't. I'm fine with these four squaring off. I don't. We'll talk about it later. I don't see the need for those guys to be in the militia. But whatevs. Yeah, that's. I say this. I've said this a bunch of times on the Mid South Show too, and I've said it on NWA a bunch of times. It's uh, when you know what's coming, it kind of it can ruin what you're thinking or what you would have been thinking at the moment when you first watched this. So this is fine for now, but given that we know what's coming. It's like, I don't, what? I mean, you can't really not, you can't really like, it just, you don't have anything to say. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was trying to say, bud. But you, mm. I said it much better than you. You did, but you don't well, have to be I, an asshole you know, about I, it. I'm the superstar here. Okay. We keep going. Uh, after the conflict, what happened, the rock and roll go to the ring. They try to jump Cornette, but the dynamic duo comes out and, beats them down a little bit and then the faces come in and chase off the dynamic duo and corny and then we go to commercial we get a after the commercial we get a replay of last week when armstrong's avenger unmasked himself to show himself as brad armstrong remember brad won that match and then cut a promo after so they replay all that uh, i know you never have anything from replay so i'm going to keep going we get then get brad armstrong who defeats larry santo i have nothing from that doc do you 
How many people watching this in 1995 would have predicted the fact that he would have become a No Limit soldier? None. Zero. No Limit was just starting to take off at this time. Mm, they were down there hanging and banging, you know? Yeah, that's no. It's I mean that's like literally the funniest part about this. Um, yeah, no, nobody. All right. <laughs> it's funny, man. It's like you hear Swole tell stories about Brad in the back. You see, and it because I mean you've heard all you've heard Austin tell the stories about Brad. Everybody tells these stories about Brad in the back. Swole was telling me a story one time about Brad in the back. He was like, that dude was a straight clown, like just a character. Above how many times? How many? How many times do you think he said, "Man, that white boy's crazy"? Yeah, he's like, every time. Every time. That's what. That's what. That's what pe- white people like to say about white people that they kind of no. like, but they're like, kind of like, man, he's crazy, dude. I, he seems down with us, but we might want to keep an eye on him once he gets high. No, they. You know the. You know the the the, the phrase that used to come out down south. Boy, you so stupid. Mm, that's that's great. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Okay. I thought it was smelled uh, like puppy dogs, though. White people do smell like puppy, puppy dogs. I know. <laughs> I never forget the time you told me throw that in Google. I put that in Google, and it it sure did. It, like... Auto-populate. Auto-populate. I was like, what? Okay. Uh, do you have anything from Brad Armstrong's promo after his match? No, I thought it was a good little decent promo. The one thing I will tell you here is that Brad is 35 years old. He looked good though, man. He does, man. Like he looks bigger than I remember. Like he's... I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Brad Armstrong. That's just it's gonna. I'm gonna put that out there. Uh, there are a lot of I, I've I've gotten feedback like just on the show related to you know we haven't gotten to the meat of Brad's time and Smokey yet, but I mean he's just coming in. But I find that people are mixed on him in Smokey. Like I kind of like them, but it does get, get kind of corny if if I can use that term, and then. Well, um, but, I just but, think it's part of it's the promotion dying too. That well, part of it is tea. the time when he came in, and part of it is is that he was designed to be the first baby face, big baby face, and then the guys who ended up with that role were entrenched. So then I wonder what I mean. I wonder what he would have been like if he'd have been there from the beginning and had the opportunity to be a part of it longer when it was more in the role and he was there from the beginning the role doc's talking about is if he'd have been there if he'd have got the primetime brian lee spot bro here's the thing we're on episode 179 i suspect that most of the people here may not have listened to all 179 but they're taking this ride with us and they've heard this shit okay i'm just clarifying i'm not hey people out there i'm not here to insult your your intelligence mike thinks y'all are all a bunch of saps and marks I think y'all are all a bunch of fine listeners, especially the patrons. Boy, you do some work. And anyway, Tommy Noe plugs the Super Bowl of wrestling again. This that shit, you know, this shit is super hot, pal. And this is just so you know, August fourth is the last good day of Smoky Mountain, but it is awesome. Yes, we got about a month more of of. Well, I won't say a month more because they they air the Super Bowl matches after the Super Bowl, so we got a little bit more <laughs> than a month more of. Of good stuff. And then what's the sound of something falling off a cliff? You could probably do that Man, better than <laughs> bro. But anyway. No, I'm not gonna go there. Anyway, Tommy Noe plugs the Super Bowl of Wrestling. Remember, if you're watching on our Patreon feed at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT, 
you will see uh, in the video version, we've got the WWF, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, USWA, NWA titles on the line. So basically, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it Night of Champions, uh, but it's essentially got lots of champions from lots of different promotions. It's a pretty big show, and that's why it's called the Super Bowl of Wrestling at Knoxville, Friday, August 4th. So we'll keep going. Uh, after that Super Bowl of Wrestling plug, we get a... Doc, this thing's six minutes long, so I'm not playing it. They do a personality profile on Dan Severn, and they promote the upcoming UFC pay-per-view that he's going to be on. I had some thoughts about this airing during a wrestling show, but I suspect you may have some thoughts as well. So what did you think? And UFC was new, too. Boy, was it. Nobody knew what to make of this shit. Remember when it first started on pay-per-view? You were like, oh, holy yeah. shit. I think I landed across like the second or third one, and I was like, what the hell? And it felt dangerous because you're like, man, this ain't wrestling. These guys might actually kill each other here. Yeah. Because it, it, it. <laughs> it had that legitimate, like anything does in the beginning, they hadn't figured out how to quite make all the money from it, so it still had that air of danger. And nobody was working as much as they are now. And so it was just like, these dudes want to beat the piss out of each other. It was real back then. It was pretty, it was as close as you could probably (laughs) get to some real, I mean, shoot fighting. Some of those early ones were rough, man. I mean, like when I say rough, I mean, not rough to watch, but these dudes were getting in there and I mean, they were bare. Look, they're bare knuckle back then. It was, there wasn't gloves. It was. It was raw and real. And it wasn't as regulated in that they weren't exactly looking to step in and stop it real quick either. Yeah, this was some, some rough shit. So, they so my, thing, my, my thing was, my question for you was, is Smoky Mountain the first wrestling fed to really embrace UFC and put it over like this? I, I don't remember WCW and WWF during this time. Well... And so my thing here is, is like they're real, they're in their first year at UFC. So there's not a lot of time for anybody to have jumped on board. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember WCW doing anything like this or WWF plugging it during their show. There may have been commercials during those shows, but there weren't like actual segments within a show like this. Right, right. And so my question for you then is, what were your thoughts on basically the UFC getting a free commercial here? Well, well, I, I didn't look at it that way because, to me, I look at it as they kind of got a free commercial out of it. But at the same time, Corny is somewhat getting a rub from having a legitimate shoot fighter um, who's going to be on his show. And this is the NWA champion at the time on his show. So I looked at it as a positive in that way. The, the, the one negative I look at is this. Mm. If you're saying this is real you're saying what you're watching normally in wrestling is smoke and mirrors that's the mm. that's the million dollar like question does so does that actually help wrestling or hurt it and i don't really i i see both sides of it to be honest i think like by this point we all knew it was a work but you know nobody wants to blatantly see that it's a work we know it's a work but we want to be fooled into believing it's not a work and that's like the thing that I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have a, I have two different takes. And part of me says, ah, so what? People knew it was a work. And then part of me said, damn, you're basically saying this dude could kick everybody's ass in your promotion because he's a real fighter. So I don't know. It's, it's hard to really, 
It's hard to determine. Now, I will say this. When wrestling started using UFC guys, I, I actually believe that helped legitimize wrestling. Like when Shamrock and, and Severn being actual pro wrestlers and then Tank Abbott, even though he wasn't all that great of a pro wrestler. Like when you start using those UFC guys in pro wrestling, I, I actually think that helps out wrestling because it's like, no, these 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 real fighters, quote unquote, real fighters are now wrestlers. So. I think there's a I think there's there's two ways to look at it and I can't say if one is right over the other they both got pros and cons. Just my take. All right. I know one no, thing. I, I know one no. thing. Dan Severn could kick uh, Cracky McSnorter's ass. Well, hold I on. I could kick his ass, so that ain't saying too much. I agree with what you said about this though. When like when Shamrock came in, that was exciting. And I I just here's my thing. <laughs> Dan Severn is not a good promo, but who the fuck's gonna tell him that? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's not a. He, that's not his strength at all. I mean, it, let's be real. He's he's just not a good promo. I mean, I don't I don't know how to say I don't know how else to say it. Now he can he can break every bone in your body by snapping his finger, but promo wise, I wouldn't say he's talking him into the building ever. No. And that's that, right? But and, and let's send Bobby out there in front of the cannon. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy okay any other thoughts on Severn before we keep going no do you want to listen let's to get, this asshole get, promo yeah, let's get to, yeah I do I want to get to see her I want to hear a real live superstar talk to me okay so after Severn's personality profile we're going to go to Tommy Rich who he's got something to say and you know I've already cut my promo on Tommy Rich on the show so I'm going to leave it alone at this point here's here's a Here's Cracky McSnorter. You know why Tommy Wildfire Rich is standing here sweating, man? Because Smoky Mountain Wrestling, my man Jimmy Cornette, he called me. He said, you remember how all them rednecks in Knoxville, those Southerns lost the war when the North stomped them? He said, Tommy, it's a new day. Jimmy Cornette, he's starting the militia. I said, huh? Because I'm, I'm not proud of the South because I used to be a Southerner. But when the North stomped us, I lost all ties with the South. With Jimmy Cornette, the Nature Boy Buddy Landell, and Tommy Wildfire Rich, march down that street, brother. We're not coming to lose a war. We're coming to win a war. The Armstrongs, Jimmy Cornette say, y'all been running over them. Well, we go way back, too. So you bring your stinking family down. You bring the dirty white boy down because I guarantee you, Jimmy Cornette, his militia, the general, we will march. With me, reference. <sighs> what? Go, go ahead. What you got? Okay, so this wasn't as bad as you're going to make it out to be, but there's one part of this that I just don't understand from a logic perspective. Mm-hmm. He said when the North stomped the South, that's when he cut all ties. But didn't that happen in the 1800s? Bruh, he's a crackhead. What, uh, Come he's on! A he's, you do he's not... A, hey, hey. He's, I, a, I want, he's a cokehead. I, what do you I, want from him? I want to take this opportunity to distance myself from your hurtful comments. Bruh, I don't think you really understand. There's nothing you can do to distance yourself from me at this point related to this show. Why? Cause you can't, bro. This is this is five years in at this point, man. It is what yep, it is. But I'm here to try to talk sense into you. Whatever. I'm here. I'm here to try to help you be a better person because this is not. I'm a great person, me. and I'm a better person than Tommy 
Snort a line, wildfire rich. Have you, I, okay, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just Doc. If you're listening, Tommy, Doc over here recognizes your lineage in the in the <laughs> world championship pantheon, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for that and your entire body of work. Hey, hey, I ain't know who the kid was. I he just come up to me, had his cornrows in and shit. I just came up to me. I ain't know. Talking about his name. Hey, man, look. I just did a line of cocaine, and I was all messed up. I mean, I ain't mean the kid no harm. Okay, what you got, Doc? I feel like we need to get Bobby Blaze to set up a meeting where we, he and I can mediate this between you and Tommy Rich so that you can move on with your life. I've moved on a long time ago. Do you have anything else from Tommy Rich, or can we keep going? We can keep going. What did you think about this promo with Mark Curtis comparing Randy Hills to a skeleton? I thought it was goofy. <laughs> it was funny, man. So Mark Curtis is out here. I'm, I'm not going to play it. I'm going to turn it down. Mark Curtis is out here, and he compares he compares Randy Hills to a skeleton and that he's got like up here during this promo right now. And Curtis explains why he will beat Randy Hales in this match that these two are going to have. Uh, he talks about... Mark Curtis talks about working out at Dominic DiNucci's School of Wrestling and how he was actually trained for wrestling. And he says he's always wanted to be a wrestler, um, but he basically equated himself to a tackling dummy uh, in football uh, because he's just a small guy. And essentially, when he went through wrestling training, he was the guy that they flung around and did moves on. Now, I'm sure they actually trained him and he didn't just take moves. But point being, he's a small guy. Now, I say all that and we joke and we're having fun with this, but... From everything we know, Mark Curtis actually was a really good wrestler. He just was way too damn small to be in a wrestling ring. Therefore, he was a referee. Doc, what did you have from this promo, though? Pretty much what you just said. I mean, it was kind of weird. He's out there with a skeleton. Yeah, it's it's weird. But he's trying to say that Randy Hills is a skeleton, which Randy Hills is a skinny dude. But it is what it is, right? So, I don't know. Uh, I didn't have anything else from it. Um, You got anything else before we move along? I don't believe so. All right. So um, I want to show something in a second. But before I do that, uh, we, we get a replay of how the bad blood started with Mark Curtis and Randy Hales when Curtis uh, takes that great, great backdrop that he flipped over and landed on his feet. Here, let's replay it right here. I think this is when it happens. Um, so they're in the ring. They're in Knoxville. Curtis lays out Randy Hales. PG-13 goes after Mark Curtis. Here it comes. Look at this, Doc. He lands on his Damn. feet. What a backdrop. He got launched out of a cannon there, pal. Dude, I mean, I mean, if you're a patron and you see this, it's pretty damn amazing how he flies over the back of them. Lands on his feet. That's pretty great. Yeah, it was. Um, Did you have uh, have any any other thoughts on this before I go to Randy Hales' promo? No. Okay, let's go to Randy Hales and see what he's got to say about this. Mark Curtis, you're stupider than I ever believed. Even after you found out the information about my credentials, that I'm a karate expert, that I'm a bodybuilder, that I'm registered with the FBI as a dangerous weapon, you still agree to this match in Knoxville. Well, let me promise you, on the 15th, Mark Curtis, the USWA vice president will beat the living, you know what, out of a goofy referee from a bogus organization called Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and that's a promise. You know why this works from Randy Hales? Because he's a weird motherfucker. 
he comes I'm not gonna say he's a he comes across as very weird and strange and he's a heel and him claiming he's a registered weapon with the FBI and he's a bodybuilder and karate expert is laughable, but it should be because he's a heel. Uh-huh. This was really good, man. I think Randy Randy's good in this role, I have to say. Okay. What, what else you got from it? I'm not as hot on it as you are. I'm not as against it as it makes probably sounds like I am, so I'm okay with it. All right. So we then go to um, the next promo. It's Cornette's Militia. And it's pretty long, but I want to say something, and I'm going to play the backside of the promo. Um, Cornette pumps up the upcoming matches with the dynamic duo versus the Rock and Roll Express. Cornette also promotes uh, Budrow versus Brad Armstrong. And if Budrow retains the title then uh, versus Brad, then Budrow is going to take on whoever the Intercontinental Champion is. More to come on that at Super Bowl of Wrestling. Um Doc, you got anything for it? What I, what I, my notes have. I was gonna fast forward to Buddy's part and play Buddy's part. Okay, so but first, Corny at some point says that they're gonna have hell in a steel cage. Hmm. Oh, you, are you saying because of hell in a cell? Yeah. Okay. And then, because it's like they hadn't done it yet, so it's like a precursor. And man, this seems like when you're looking there, plus the all the other guys that aren't there, this is a mismatch of dudes, isn't it? Why? Well, you got the dynamic duo. You got Corny. You got the Punisher. You got Buddy. You got Gordy, and you got uh, Snorter, right? Yeah. Well, Tommy Rich, but yeah. Hey. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> all right. Let's go to Buddy Landell on the back end of this promo because I think Buddy's portion is really, really good. Here it is. Bud, you were a fine athlete, the toughest of the Armstrongs. But we have to be honest with each other and throw all the cards on the table and separate ourselves from the caliber of wrestlers that we are. You're a fine athlete, but I'm the Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion, which makes me the premier athlete in Smoky Mountain wrestling. As fine as you are, Brad Armstrong, You've never seen the day that you can beat Buddy Landell at Summer Blast or any other time. See, because I'm on that ladder, the proverbial ladder of success. And you or no one else is going to stop me from reaching my pinnacle. I've got illusions of grandeur. I'm going for the, for the brass ring, baby. And I'm telling you something. I don't care if it's Double J, Jeff Jarrett, or whoever it is that's the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. Whoever it is. I don't care if it's Vince McMahon, his stinking self. I am going to have this after Summer Blast on August the 4th in Knoxville, Tennessee, the town that I hold title deed to. I'm walking in the champion, and I'm walking out the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. Do you realize the money that I can make going between the WWF and here? Two titles, two paychecks. I'm the man, Brad. You're not. <laughs> and we got some militia business to attend to now. Just by the way, you know, Vince McMahon would look horrible, horrible wearing that belt. But you know what? You'd look even worse wearing one of his suits. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. Hi, Jimmy. All right. There you have it from Jim Cornette and the Militia. It's all coming together at Summer Blast. And coming up right after this break, it's Boo Bradley squaring off with the Freebird, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. We'll be right back. All right, Doc, what do you have from Budro? Man, he's ready to fight Vince McMahon. He's fired up, dude. And this is going to head down the path of one of the greatest Smoky Mountain moments in history. So I'm excited. Yeah, this is 
And we won't say any more because we have, yeah, we'll well, have we, a lot to we're say. Yeah, we're on our way, so. Yeah. We got a replay of Lee Thomas losing to Terry Gordy last week and then getting beat down after he lost. Lee Thomas, that is. Uh, the faces hit the ring and they help save Lee Thomas. Uh, I'll keep going because, Doc, we know you do not like promos. Or, I mean, uh, replays, right? Uh, we've already done this once. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything from Boo Bradley's promo? He's crazy, sure. pal. <laughs> Boo. So Boo cuts a promo after after the, the replay of the match, and Boo says he likes birds, but not free birds. <laughs> He's a mess in the greatest way possible. Look at his head. I mean, his hair has really grown since he got yeah, here. Yeah, he, he's his hair has grown, and he's just a big mess. I hate to say it again, but I don't remember Boo being here this late. Man, we say it every week, but I thought he'd be gone by now. Yep, same here. All right, so after Boo's promo, we then go to the match where we see it's Terry Gordy versus Boo Bradley. Um, I'll give you my notes first, Doc, and then you tell me what you got. So Terry Gordy, he does defeat Boo, but but Gordy wins with a power bomb that didn't look good at all to me. Ooh, that looked unsafe. <laughs> um, and then after the match, I'll, I'll 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 fast forward to the power power bomb in a second so the patrons can see it. After the match, uh, they rip apart Boo's teddy bear and beat. The teddy bear down and Boo down. Brad and Steve Armstrong eventually have to fight the heels off uh, for Boo as they make the save. Mainly it was Brad who cleaned the ring. Uh, anyway, Doc, your your thoughts on this as I try to get to this um, powerbomb. Yeah, uh, early in the match, Gordy went under over the top in the tree of woe. Um, then they went outside the ring. I didn't like that. Oof. Did you see no, that? Oh no, that's worse than I remember. Um, he dropped. So the, he got him up thing, to the top and couldn't keep him there, and he just went back down. All right, I don't want to say this is both of these guys are deceased, so this is not going to sound right. Uh, Boo didn't. This is Boo's fault because we know Gordy's about to do the the power bomb that he does, right? Okay. So watch Boo. When Boo goes up, he he needs to sit up, and he and he and he doesn't. He went and up co- like a big sack of shit, huh? Yeah, and Gordy couldn't muscle him because Boo's a big some bitch. So, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to blame, put the blame there too much on a man who's not with us anymore. But he goes up fine at first, but he's gotta he's gotta sit up. He's gotta basically do a stomach crunch or or a sit up. Once he's up and he does not sit up at all and Gordy can't grab him. Now, it looks worse than it is, to be honest. Uh, his chin was tucked, so he took it on the back of his shoulder blades. And, I mean, his neck wasn't about to break or anything. It wasn't like he landed on his head. But, you know, it it, it, it could have been close to, to disaster if 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 he doesn't tuck his chin uh, good like he does. That's all I had from it. But it didn't look good. You're right. He just didn't get over. All right. Any other thoughts on it, Doc? Well, now we've got a stuffed animal being murdered in the ring. <laughs> Dude, they ripped that. You can't even tell it was a stuffed animal. It's just a bunch of cotton everywhere. Stuffing from it. Pretty bad, isn't it? It's just, I feel bad for Boo. We'll talk about it next week, though. So with that said, we then go to the next segment. It's a UFC commercial plug. Like, they literally play the yeah. commercial again for UFC. And... There was one thing I had from it that was interesting. Um, 
it says if it's not in the octagon, it's not real. And again, this is played in a this is a this is actually a formal commercial. This isn't actually a segment on the show. It's a commercial that played. And it just feels weird to to hear that during an actual wrestling show. So that was my thought. Stock, what did you have? Somebody ought to email the drafter and get Corny's thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Any other thoughts on it? Mm, look at that shit. 22, college student. You want to tell the people what you're, <laughs> you're talking about? There's another commercial, and there's a chick getting slapped, and it kind of turned me on. So what What Doc is... T- okay. <laughs> you're going to go to hell. That's what's going to happen to you. This is one of those old commercials, FBI crime report, America 1995. Fact, the crime is committed every two seconds. It was that old commercial. And this is girl who's a college student, 22. And yeah, she got got beat up and slapped. She's hot. She's hot. So, So they're trying to sell the equalizer, which was like a handheld taser device back in the day. Sold by, uh, Doug Llewellyn from the people's court. I think he's even still on there. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Anyway, so we got that, and then after that, these these fight scenes and these things are just ridiculously stupid. After we see that commercial, we then go to one more promo. It's very, very quick, and it is Brad, Steve, and Bob Armstrong. It's quick and fast from them, and we are told next week it'll be Brad versus Killer Kyle. I didn't have anything from this promo. It's so short, Doc. What did you have? Not a thing. I didn't even write down one word. All right, so with that said... We need to do some disability checks, or Doc needs to do some disability checks. But before we do so, remember, don't forget to use our uh, Amazon referral link at tinyurl.com slash Amazon. It is a great way to support the show without spending anything extra. Use that link every time you purchase something on Amazon. Give that link to the wives, girlfriends, hoes, and side pieces in your life and tell them to use it. Again, tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Doc, how many disability checks are you giving this one? You know, I had a number written down, and I'm going to up it a little bit because I had a lot of fun during this episode talking about it, chopping it up with my main my main homie. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to say at eight point zero on this thing. All right, very good. If it were uh, a through F type schedule, I would give this one a um, B plus. I'm going to give it a B plus. So that's uh, that's what I'm thinking here. Uh, we're going to give out the government cheese award time named by longtime listener Char Johnson. Before we do so, remember, if you want access to the video versions of these or over 200 plus patron exclusive episodes of audio, go to tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. If your broad did not give you what you wanted for Christmas, tell her to get you your Patreon subscription now at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. For as little as five bucks a month, you get all of our patron exclusive stuff, including the world-class shows, the ECW shows, the non-wrestling stuff like we've recorded a few times where Harper tells us the worst place he ever took a shit. Yes, that was actually an episode. Uh, we've done some top five hair metal bands, bunch of stuff like that. Anyway, it's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Along with our pre-shows, we do those there too, although we haven't done one uh, this year yet. So anyway, Doc, um, again, that's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Uh, your government cheese, uh, who are you going to give your government cheese to? I'm going to go with the Headbangers because I like their opening match, and I did like the We're Your Children line and the craziness they put through less through. So I'm going to go with the Headbangers. I'm going with Buddy Landell for getting us rolling towards a Super Bowl of wrestling 
like like I like what he did. He didn't say too much and give anything away. Kind of just laid things out. So I'm giving it to Budro. I think he was really, 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 really good there. All right. All right. You got anything else before we get out of here? No, I think it's about time to start rolling on. I mean, I don't know that the people know this, but we're about to do two or three more this after, this morning. So uh, we can't get there unless we get out of here. So let's roll. You make, you make a great point. So before we do that, I want to mention a couple of things. Shout out to the wrestling podcast about nothing with uh, ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. They do their show every single Monday. Check them out. They do classic and current stuff. They support us. So please support them. Really good show by two guys who know what they're doing. Also, shout out to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, Joe Murata, Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us, so please support them. And that's all I got. Doc, hit the tagline since Harper's not here, and take us home. Book it, bitch. Before we get out of here, I want to give the patrons out there a special shout out. Thank you to all the patrons out there who make this show possible twice per week, each and every week, along with the patron content we that we post uh, uh, as much as we can for you all. So thank you very much for being patrons. We appreciate it. It's It means the world to us. And uh, I just want to say thank you. I always do at the end of the show. And um, here's another time. Thank you very much for your support. Also, I want to give a special shout out to all of our Hall of Fame patrons out there. Isaac Pendley at Hey, it's Isaac on Twitter. Eagle underscore one. Kangol Fett. Lee Russell. MDQ for life. George Davis. Kevin Carter. Michael Angel. Bob Richards. Rocky Suazo. Christopher Champer. Will Harkey. Robbie Dyson. Rick Beebe. Brad Dunyfen. Tom Schlegel. Coach Joey Chase, a.k.a. Willie Chase. Steve Malbasa. Kenny Byersdorf. Glenn Abbott, who's at GA Russell Nut on Twitter. Bobby Murray. Marlon Mueller, a.k.a. at Half Pints Point. My boy Marlon. Keep cutting those promos, kid. 
Everybody on the Facebook group loves when I say that, I guess. Uh, Josh Warren, Everett Starr, Mike Childry, Kyle Riley, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, The Great John Dean, at YRC21 on Twitter, Josh Dunn, at Ryan and Auburn, good old Justin, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Arecci, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Chris Myers, Gerald Green III, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Prue, Will Parker, Classy Alex, David DeVries, S.V. Padgham, Bill Sasa, Big Rich, Allen at Spy Boy Sports Cap on Twitter, Ari Miller 39, Jay Shiny 21, Ruben Espinosa, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andretti, Codeman822, Marty Howell, T Hog94, and God Bold Unreal. Thanks for being Hall of Fame Patreon members. And remember to become a patron, go to tinyurl.com slash Patreon. BTT. It is a great way to support this show and get tons of extra content. We've got over 200 patron exclusive shows up on our Patreon feed at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. We've got the world class shows, Mike Pru and JV do an ECW show every two weeks. The world class shows are every two weeks. We've got the clash of the champions. We've done three of them to date. We've done two Jim Crockett promotions pay-per-views to date. So there you have it. Tons of additional content, along with our pre-shows. A lot of times, we didn't do it. We we, we don't do it every. I don't say we didn't do it this week, but we don't do a pre-show every single week. But oftentimes, Doc Harper or any combination of us will do a pre-show before cutting the main show. So there you have it. We like to do those, and we do the pre-shows, and those are also available only for Patreon members. So please consider joining. If nothing else, think about it like this: for four straight years now. Going on close to five, we've kicked out at least one show a week. And for the majority of that time, for about three and a half years now, we've kicked out two free shows per week. So when you become a patron, it helps support all the content that we've pushed out. So thank you very much if you're a patron. Uh, If not, thanks for considering. We appreciate that too. Uh, I think that's it. It's uh, about time to get out of here. So for myself, Hardbody Hopper and Doc Turner, who's not here, you know what Hopper always says when we get out of here. Book it, bitch.